0: Greetings, programs, and welcome back to the Awesome Friday Podcast. My name is Matthew, and with me as always is Simon. And also this week, we have Rachel. And
1: yay. Everybody, yay. yay! Everybody's
0: together. <laughs> the whole crew. I think we can safely say that Rachel is a part of the crew now. Because she... Aww. You know, she, yeah. she ace
1: She aced the uh, pre-recording initiation. Um, <laughs> the the tar and the feathers will wash off in a couple of weeks don't worry about it but it'll be fine yeah. but um it's great to have you with us finally after being superstar a sub for so many weeks and yeah. uh, making our listening numbers go very very high while i was away thank you for that <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's, I, will, it's I will say happened.
0: how does it how does it feel uh, i'm going to start with rachel how does it feel to know that simon is like a real person
1: <laughs> it's
2: it's inter- He's like a real boy. He's like yeah. a real live boy. <laughs> like it's yeah, very I know, right. Um, but I will say, Simon, I didn't say. That. I purposely waited until we were recording. Mm-hmm. But you said the nicest things about me um on your guys's <laughs> top ten, top eleven of of twenty twenty two. So thank you. I, I really laughed out loud. When I was listening to it, and you said that Matthew and I sounded like like two old people in the park like talking. <laughs> 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 that really made me laugh. <laughs>
1: Just from a comfort <laughs> point of view, not from like an age point of view. So I we're you too old. Yeah, uh, Say in, in
2: the park, talking, feeding
1: the. You know, you know bread. when you walk. You know when you walk past two old people and they're talking about something really nice, and you purposefully find a spot close to them and pretend to eat your sandwich just so you can listen to them a bit more. That's how I felt listening to your <laughs> podcast. It's just really really nice you're just so polite to each other you're so canadian <laughs> and like, appreciating each other's opinions even if they're completely different to yours and just like talking really eloquently and intelligently about film it was wonderful oh, it was well, a nice break you, from that as well so <laughs> yeah, some, something something different for the podcast so yeah it was lovely.
2: but it's nice to actually finally properly meet you simon
1: yeah likewise absolutely it's been,
2: it's been far too long i feel like we've we've known each other but didn't know each other so now now i can safely say like i know simon it's good and he's you do. a real person <laughs> He's, yeah. not, he's not just he's not just, just something if, that matt made up like he's hes real like he's an actual yeah. person he's not just yeah, a yeah, feeling um, he's not... <laughs> I, I would he's not, not just an apparition I, he's he's a real person no, i don't yeah.
1: think if matt were to create his own tyler durden i don't think it would look or sound like me somehow <laughs> i don't think matt's tyler durden would fall asleep at nine o'clock every night trying to watch a movie like he would be a bit more rock and roll so yeah i am i am real uh i
0: think honestly if, if that was going to happen, that I would, I would actually just be the Tyler Durden. <laughs> and, you know, not, you, not you would
1: like, like without going into details, I've known you for 15 years now. And, uh, Wait. Tw- 12, I'm- 12 years. Yeah. 12 years ago, you'd be the Tyler Durden for sure. Like uh. you would, you would, you would, you would show Tyler Durden some moves, like for sure. Um, now you're just regular old Ed Norton, and that's yeah. one. How,
2: how did you two meet? I don't. Okay, so we have can,
0: can, we have a mutual friend um, who I don't think either of us really talked to anymore. She moved back to um, the the mother country, um, but she uh, I was friends with her, and Simon and Simon's wife were friends with her, and they invited I us to a party, and um basically what happened is she was like oh matt matt this is simon simon this is matt I think no you way. hit it off and then cut like, out
1: the most important bit matt
0: i'm getting like, to the I'm part bit... where we talk about transformers no, no
1: no 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 no, no. That, that, i want to yeah i'm going to pause you there you're going to pick up that story in a second so my wife and i were desperate for friends and we met natasha through one of my other home friends and she invited us to a chili party at her house And just like starts at seven, brilliant starts at seven. So we get there at seven twenty. Being English, we're like, "Yeah, we'll just roll in at seven twenty and have some chili." All the chili has gone because all the Canadians (laughs) are like, "Okay, all right, okay, so so it's seven o'clock now. Now we go and have." uh, So everybody ate all the chili. So I met, I walked to the chili bowl, and the chili bowl is empty. And I'm oh, trying to be happy about being amongst friends, but my wife and I both like food, and next to the chili bowl is this like Goliath man, and then and and, and I, so I'm feeling snarky, and when I get um I'm an introvert, and when I meet new people, I get super like sarcastic and kind of snappy, like just as a defense, and um, and then Matt says, right, you can pick up your story now.
0: Oh, I don't remember what I said at that point. My, the part I remember the story is later when Natasha <laughs> comes back to, and like sees us talking. So, what did I say in that moment? Because I right, so
1: what I don't know. I don't know how it happened, but we went instantly from "there's no chili left" to "Michael Bay's Transformers suck" and <laughs> the <laughs> <laughs> so, And I so, don't okay. know what the segue was. But have you ever fallen think, in think... love instantly? Have you ever just known? Ah, you know what? You know what? And we had one conversation. And I'm like. Oh, you know what? This is gonna be fine. This is gonna be great yeah. because we were- my, so so I, think I
0: think what That's happened adorable. was I think I think you might have been wearing like a gen a G one like Transformers T shirt or something. Oh, like that, so that, that one. one. Right. I think that might be what. But my favorite part of the story is that so our mutual friend Natasha, we start talking and hitting it off. Rachel is standing there. Uh, Simon's wife Rachel is standing there and rolling her eyes lovingly like she does because uh, we won't <laughs> shut up about Transformers now. <laughs> And um, Natasha comes <laughs> over and she goes like, "So do I have to have another party so you guys can hang out?" And I was like, "Well, we're gonna hang out." And Simon was like, "You can come if you want."
1: <laughs>
2: that is really cute, you guys. This is a great story. This is a great meet cute. I enjoyed. It enjoy was anything.
1: like um, it was like a late '90s Hugh Grant, Julia Roberts uh, movie, except he was Julia Roberts and no, I was Hugh Grant, and uh, we just cut straight to the taste. It was lovely. That's not fair. Know. You don't stammer but, that I, much. Oh, oh, oh! I do when I get nervous. When, I, <laughs> when I'm when i put on the spot, I like to think, look, like, I'm English, and every English person likes to think that they are James Bond when they get in moments of crisis. <laughs> but I turn into late 90s Hugh Grant. Like, oh, oh, uh, oh. Um, yeah, no. yeah. Matt knows there's one specific story that I'm not going to tell on air that is the perfect <laughs> example of this that Matt knows, and I will tell you often, but... Um, I turn into a stammering like mess if I if I have to say anything on the spot. So um, I'm definitely the Hugh Grant of this situation for sure. But I've just I've just worked out actually. I think I've just worked out why all the chili was gone. Matt, after years of knowing you, I now know why all the chili was gone at 7.20 I mean, and you were next you to the chili You gave it away bowl. when you said that I was standing next to the chili bowl. What are you talking about? <laughs> the, first, the first time. So we jump ahead a couple of months and I invite Matt over for dinner. Oh, no, it can't be a couple of months because I've got a kid at this point. No, so, no. The first uh, time
0: the first time that the so the first time I think that my six foot five appetite astounded you was very soon like after that hours party. Hours. We went right. out to uh and we had brunch at a place in vancouver right. called sophie's which if you're young and have uh, patience yeah, yeah. is great and is otherwise super overrated but that's a different yeah local discussion um and we ordered the food and the, the portions there are famously huge and at one point toward the end of the meal like i think basically rachel like looked away for a second and then looked back and my plate was empty and you guys were like oh i'm so <laughs> full and your plates were like two-thirds full still. and i was like really our appetites <laughs> like, hadn't adjusted
1: at that point yeah. i was going to talk about when we we made dinner for you my wife and i made always made extra dinner we're trying to save money so we saved dinner for the next day and we all like portioned out and matt came over and we gave him a portion and we got these huge like lasagnas and matt was like is there any more i'm like sure buddy uh do you want to help yourself and he just ate every he ate everything like the whole rest of this lasagna just went like two adult portions for the next day, just went. And um, and uh, that's just you. Like, there's no end. You're like the Terminator, but with food. You, you don't feel pain, <laughs> you don't feel remorse, and you won't ever stop.
0: No. And I didn't start putting on weight until I turned 40. So, like. But just, one,
1: one, of my, one of my favorite memories is another food memory is when we went to watch something in a theater or maybe a movie and we were hungry. And so we both bought two mcdonald's burgers and we were walking over the viaduct and i i opened mine and he opened his and i took a bite of mine and the second burger ended in his mouth like in that time it took me to open my wrapper and take one bite he'd pop eyed like his two burgers just like dislocated his jaw it's a wonderful thing <laughs> being a friend it, it is it is so this is like the the legend of matt I'm a a large,
0: I'm a large person. That's all I'm
1: just (laughs) (laughs) He's just very, very tall. Like you're really, really, I don't know if you're aware of this, but he's really, really tall. So any bulk you put on.
2: I've like, I've never, obviously we've never met, so I don't actually know, but I'm only five two. So you would really tower. Oh
1: yeah. Like he's a man mountain (laughs) and any bulk you put on just makes you look like ripped.
0: You, uh, (laughs) you're the same height as my wife, which is. Uh, wow. And to be clear, the wow. the difference in height between my wife and I is actually the same difference between myself and Shaquille O'Neal. So you can look that up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> is she is she a, a real five two? Like I'm a I'm like actually five one and a half. So I'm she's five,
0: five one old. and three quarters. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There you go. Wow. <laughs> we did up. I get yeah.
1: wow. it.
2: Oh wow! Yeah, that's that's so, quite the height difference.
1: So um, yeah. that's the story uh, that's the story have we met what a beautiful love story it's very cute you guys uh, i really like that
0: story that is very much like the best films of 2022 (laughs) (laughs) well it's like (laughs) one of them (laughs) segue uh so uh should we dive into this thing we are going to be doing another 2022 retrospective last episode we did our top 11 and before we okay. dive into this uh we're going to talk about our favorite moments of 2022 but uh, before we do that um we obviously done our top 11 last episode rachel have you published your top 10 of the year anywhere I, yet? Haven't, I haven't actually
2: but i i haven't no i have i have my list set i can tell you guys my number one if that's what mm-hmm.
0: yeah do i you. mean yeah just i just would love to hear what your like number top the series top three i'm gonna
2: top, yeah, three? top three okay let me get my list out uh, number one is all quiet on the Western Front. I really like that's, it.
0: Your, that's your number one. Ooh, it's my number old.
2: one. I watched it, and then um, nothing else came close to it mm. afterwards. Like I really, really enjoy that movie, and I think it was partly because um, I watched it during TIFF, and I got to watch it in a movie theater, and that mm. I think made a really, really big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys have both. Wait, Simon, have you seen it? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it yeah, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, we so, we podcasted about it at one point.
2: So there's the scene when there's like the flamethrowers come out with the tanks and all that kind of stuff uh-huh. and it was just such an intense movie but there's like an older woman who was sitting next to me and when the flamethrowers came out she's just saying, she's like, oh dear and
1: I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> I it's a really rough movie
2: we both just kind of looked at each other we were like, damn, <laughs> like, it's really tough um, but yeah, that's my number one and then number two is After Yang and number three is a uh. Greek movie called Apples I really like that one
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, well, Apples is on my
2: list,
1: but I never got around to actually I love that movie. I really love it. Apples. Uh, after Yang a, a, gr- a great choice in the year of Colin Farrell. That's... Uh, He's done amazing. Fantastic done film an, by had him. an
2: amazing year. That was interesting because mm-hmm. it was like After Yang was one of... I want to say one of the first things I saw last year because of Sundance. And then mm-hmm. I just really liked it and I kept watching it over and over again throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was my number one for a while and then All Quiet came over and... Mm-hmm.
3: So. yeah in
0: that in the year of colin farrell it's actually it's almost almost a shame he's nominated for all these awards for banshees because i think he might actually be better in after Yang.
2: i so. think he is although his mm-hmm. eyebrow game is much better in banshees than it that's is in true after Yang. i mean the eyebrows themselves should get those eyebrows. It's, yeah. a, it's very impressive what he can do with his eyebrows
0: yep. that's true sure. that's very very true good um so i think we're gonna dive in so we're gonna talk about our top five moments each uh, from 2022 so a little bit different we did talk ahead of time so we have eliminated overlap so this is not like you know I think because like uh, each of each of us have moments that the other ones would have also chosen so we wanted to have a yeah. distinct 15 things so I think we're just gonna go in a circle and start talking about our favorite moments and these could be um, full scenes or just individual lines whatever it is uh, from the films of 2022. If you haven't seen any of the films we're talking about, uh, I'm going to warn you now, this episode is going to be replete with spoilers uh, (laughs) because uh, I'm sure that a lot of these things are going to come from uh, final acts of these movies. So you've had your warning. uh, Hopefully you've seen the movies. And if you haven't, uh, consider this an endorsement for literally every movie we're about to talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. And with that, let's uh, let's get started. So, Simon, let's start with you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. What was your first favorite film moment of 2022?
1: Well, my first moment that I've chosen is actually a, a perfect encapsulation of why I had trouble doing this because we've already done our favorite movies, and when I was thinking about moments, I haven't put I haven't chosen anything from some of my favorite movies of the year. Like, I, I really wanted to choose something from Ambulance because I just was blown away by that. And how do you choose a moment from that movie when it's all basically the same brilliant moment? Like, it's all the same movement. And I, I would have just chosen Jake Guenthal. And so my my, <laughs> um, my first moment I've chosen is actually from a movie I didn't like. Uh, but it's a, mo- uh, a moment from that movie that really stood out for me. And that's in the movie Nope. And I know I'm in the minority here because most people love this movie. And actually, after your recommendation, I watched um, Barbarian. And I think Barbarian is a much better Jordan Peele movie than Nope is in some ways. And I there's lots about Nope that didn't work for me. But Kiki Palmer's Akira Slide it, on her motorbike at the end of this movie was like something brought in from a different film. And honestly, I would have rather seen a movie that that had more of that kind of thing. Um, I'm I'm definitely a genre person anyway, so I always love seeing an Akira slide. Like they're they're all over the place, and it always makes me happy. But this was a really, really good one, and it made it even better because I hadn't seen Kiki Palmer in anything before, and I just thought she was phenomenal in this film. I, I loved her energy. And um, I researched a bit about her as an an actor as well. And she's done some incredible things in her life as well. She puts a lot of focus into using whatever money and power she has for the betterment of others. And she's really educated and she's really uh, uh, clever as well as educated, if that makes sense. And um, it's funny because when she's introduced in Nope, she's kind of the annoying little sister, right? That's... That's how she's positioned to be is this over over the top kind of live wire that destroys more than than, than it should do. But she's she takes that character and just uh, the evolution through that movie where she like and her brother perfectly balance out everything that's going on. I didn't like where the movie went, but I loved where her character went and it really culminates in that moment where she has escaped in the bike and then a perfectly shot Akira slide away from the camera into her big finale moment was easily the best part of the film for me. And when I, when I was thinking about the key moments that really jumped out for me from a whole year of filmmaking, that was one of the main ones. But how did you feel about Nope? Like I'm sure I think you liked Nope a lot more than I did, right?
0: I mean, I know I did. Uh, Rachel, do you, did you like Nope? Yes. Yes. No. I
2: liked it. Yeah. I, I didn't love it, but I liked it. I think it's one of those movies that people kind of went in thinking Jordan Peel makes a certain type of movie and they were kind of looking for that. And I think that that Nope is not that movie. It's not a Jordan Peel type it's... movie. It's very, very different. Um, mm-hmm. But for what it is, I think it's good. And I think like he's a very, very good fit. And it's very different for him in that it's a massive spectacle of film whereas his other movies are super quiet and very contained whereas this one is just massive and so i think if you get your head around that and just kind of not think of it as a jordan peele movie it's not a bad movie i don't think it's a great movie though um i can't remember what i gave i think i might have given it actually like an eight when i first reviewed it and i think if i were to redo it now i probably would knock it down to a seven um but I still like it. I think it's amazing. And the moment you're talking about Simon, the Akira slide, I think is brilliant. Kiki Palmer was amazing in it. That's the first thing I've ever seen her in too, and she oh. is incredible. Oh, really? And yeah, I've never, I've never really saw her in anything else. And I'm, she's just yeah, she's phenomenal in the movie. And the Akira slide, like it came out of nowhere as well. Like I was oh. not expecting to see that. Although I feel again, like even though I just said that it's not a Jordan Peele movie, knowing. A bit about jordan peele like it's not surprising that he incorporated something like an akira slide into his film um but yeah. it's yeah it's it's an incredible moment from the movie and mm-hmm. it's placed perfectly in the film too like it's mm-hmm. at just the right moment yeah, it yeah. builds up really really lovely and then it kind of goes from there um, mm-hmm. um perfectly yeah I th- i think that's an excellent excellent moment
0: yeah i i think it's uh, minorly hilarious you say it feels like a, mo- a moment pulled in from another movie because it is, it is exactly that <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah no good point but you know what i mean <laughs> um yeah as as to like whether nope feels like a jordan peele movie it definitely doesn't feel like his previous two movies but i sort of love that about him and it makes me very excited for whatever he does next mm-hmm. It you know mm-hmm. it mixes things up he has a he had a I I know someone else said it before him, but I saw him give an interview a while ago where someone asked like how he went from comedy to horror. And he says, well, I didn't like the difference, the difference between comedy and horror is the music. And (laughs) I was like, yeah, that makes a hundred percent sense for Jordan Peele. (laughs) Um, and yeah, the Akira slide moment is legitimately wonderful. I think I nearly chose a moment from this movie and I nearly chose the moment when, um, Uh, when the character O.J. gets out of the truck, looks up at what's going on, and then goes, nope, it gets back in the truck. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, you you chose a movie from Nope, and I already have some overlap, so I didn't. But yeah, Akira Slide, it's a great moment. Uh, We recently rewatched it, and I still love that movie. But uh, yeah. Um, Let's move on. I'm going to go to me, I think. And I had a really hard time narrowing it down because this was such a great year for film um but i'm gonna go with uh there's a line in the movie glass onion toward the end (laughs) where where, uh the the whole thing is being explained and benoit blanc says is basically explaining the whole plot and he goes oh it's just dumb and then then one of the other characters goes oh it's so dumb it's brilliant and he goes no it's just dumb (laughs) and i feel like it's such a (laughs) Such a perfect encapsulation of the character that edward norton is playing whose plot he's trying to explain um and i just i just love how much fun daniel craig is clearly having in that movie but clearly in that scene as well there's so many other great lines in the movie but i just i just love that someone actually like called out that trope so expectively we've all seen glassing right i know rachel saw it too in- mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So how do, you, how do you feel about that one, uh, Rachel?
2: So I, I, I'm definitely the monitor. I didn't like Glass Onion as much as everybody. I think like it's one of those that I'm like, it's good. I liked it. I haven't gone back to watch it again. Um, like, it's fine. But I, much do, I don't know why everyone was saying it. it was like, it was better than the first one. I'm like, no, it's not. The first one was better. But... I do like what Daniel Craig is doing with the character. And so I like that mm-hmm. you pulled that line because I think that he's clearly having a lot of fun, especially after he made all those comments about not wanting to do James Bond again. Like, I believe his quote was, like, I'd rather mm. slit my wrist than do another James Bond. And then he yeah. did do another James Bond. Um, so clearly he was getting, feeling a bit trapped or whatever, doing the same character over and over again. Um, not that we should really be that sympathetic to him about that, but
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think that...
2: <laughs> him being him like this benoit blanc character has just been such a godsend to him because he gets to do oh. the most acting he gets to have fun he gets to like <laughs> make some jokes, some jokes and i think that that's incredible because i don't think he's really had that opportunity uh um what was that movie he was in where he was uh it was the race car one. Oh, what's that movie called i can't remember oh that. yeah the uh, hey. soderbergh
0: movie yeah low yes, lucky that one i
2: love he, that movie he gets to kind of do that there but he's mostly for his career has been pegged as a bit more of a serious actor a bit more dramatic actor mm-hmm. so i love that he's been given this character that he so loves and like he doesn't even care that his accent is like wonky or like it's just so hammy but i enjoy that and i think that that moment like you said him like basically or them i should say it's more ryan johnson really like just absolutely trucking through like that kind of a trope in that kind of a movie. Um, I think it's awesome, and I think it's Kate Hudson's character who says, "Like, oh, yeah. because she's really good in that movie too. Actually, I really like her in it. Yeah,
1: yeah. she's good.
0: yeah, she has the other great setup for him too, where she says she's a truth teller, and he says it's dangerous to mistake speaking speaking without thought for speaking the truth. And I nearly chose that <laughs> moment, but it's mm-hmm. it's almost too good of a quote to be." A perfect moment, as opposed mm-hmm. to when he's like, "No, it's just dumb." <laughs> like, yeah. I, I feel like that's a much better encapsulation of what the movie is trying to say, and yeah, less of, less than Ryan Johnson trying to basically like speak to Twitter <laughs> about mm. the way they speak about movies.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you on this one, Rachel. I enjoyed Knives Out more specifically because the the ending. I like in Who Done It's I like the detective to to. Mm solve things and in in glass onion he doesn't solve things and i understand why the ending happened the way it was but it didn't feel like a good whodunit ending but i my favorite movie uh, my favorite movie my favorite moment from that movie is uh, the wonderful amazing jessica henwick who is one of my favorite working actors of the moment um go back and watch the moment when she smashes the plate and looks straight to camera because uh, th- th- those glass plates were handmade in Poland and Ryan Johnson told her specifically how to break it and said, okay, we're going to uh, roll camera and then three, two, one, and then you smash it. She heard roll camera, picked up the plate and demolished it on the, on the ground and then realized she'd fucked up and looked straight to camera. So that reaction is her going holy fuck, I've just broken the only thing. Because he said, we only got one shot at this, so we're going to do it this way. And she completely fucked it up and looked straight to camera. And that's the cut they used in the movie. And I love that because oh, the horror... Be back and yeah, the horror on her face straight to camera <laughs> fits so perfectly with not just uh, who she's looking at, because then it cuts to a reaction shot of Ed Norton, but it, it's so perfect for her character at that moment as well so kudos to, to ryan johnson for for using that fuck up that's my favorite moment of the movie but um yeah i'm with you all.
0: Oh, it sounds like it was his only
1: his only shot so. yes wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 absolutely absolutely
3: that reminds, that I, didn't, I, didn't it, that. I didn't know I that i didn't know that
2: very underrated in that movie i think like people kind of but yeah. like understandably so because there's so many people in the movie but i think yeah. she's incredible in it though yeah, yeah she's reminds me brilliant. of
0: how uh how they destroyed the guitar in the Hateful Eight, the really, you know, expensive antique guitar gets destroyed. So there's a moment when, um, yeah, two people, one person smashes a guitar, and everyone else in the room is like, <laughs> because they didn't cut away and replace it with the breakable. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Excellent. Right. Uh, so let's come back to Simon. What's what's your next one?
1: Ooh. Um, uh, <laughs> so I've got. Like Top Gun Maverick is my second film that I've chosen a moment from, and I think, as we get further away from Top Gun Maverick, I liked it a lot. I'm not sure I'm obsessed with it as some other people are. It's a brilliant, brilliant, like pitch-perfect action movie, but what I'm really thankful for is that, I don't know if it was a conscious decision, but this was an action movie. It was an adult action movie that you could actually take your children to, and now I've got a, a a 12 year old son and an 8 year old daughter And so choosing movies That we can all go to That aren't kids movies Is sometimes a bit precarious uh, beca- because you don't know What kind of things that uh, We don't want to expose them to anything That's going to upset them And usually this kind of movie Like action, straight out Tom Cruise action movies Aren't usually like kid fodder And I love how Top Gun Mavericks Seem to be perfectly balanced To appeal to adults but you can also take your kids too as well, just like the original Top Gun. And I'll forever be thankful for Top Gun Maverick for this one. My second moment, which is the Death Star run where Luke goes down, sorry, Tom goes down the Death Star and <laughs> uh, he's, he's not in Iran, absolutely not in Iran, but he's going down the trench and the, the uh, exhaust port is there and he's got one shot to make it. And yeah, um, And of course he makes the shot and it goes in and he uses the force. He turns off his targeting computer and he, he wins the day, Uh, which is great. But at that moment, both of my children in a packed theater, I'm going to back up a bit from my microphone, (laughs) stood up and went, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen them do that before. And they were so into that film and I'll forever be grateful because that's a core memory. Like, we all remember the movies we watched when we were young that made us mm-hmm. do that, right? Back to the Future for me, like Star Wars, the original Star Wars for me. So the that's that's something that they still talk about, that they still remember happily. And I'm very, very thankful for Top Gun Maverick to provide that core memory for my kids. So it's the, the moment in Top Gun Maverick where um, Tom Cruise makes his killer shot
0: I mean yeah I mean the only reason I don't have a top gun maverick moment in my top 5 is that you both do so uh, <laughs> as as one of my all-time as one of my favorite movies of the year um there's there's no bad there's no bad choices from this movie as far as uh-huh. I'm
3: concerned
0: and yeah the death star the the very nakedly death star trench run uh <laughs> sequence is uh, uh a a great one but it's 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 a it's a perfect movie moment and uh and i love it
2: yeah Uh i'll since i i have a top gun moment so i'll go on mine um which is (coughs) the dog fighting scene at the very beginning Mm -hmm. when they when they go up the first time and they do like their exercise the training exercise or whatever i love that like i love the movie generally speaking i love top gun maverick i think it was um such a really cool like, I like what you said there, Simon, about like having your kids having that core memory of, of that being the movie for them that, you know, 20, 10, 15, 20 years from now that they're going to talk about that movie being something that they remember just in the same way we remember sort like Star Wars for you and like, uh, you know, other movies for, for everybody. So I, I love the scene of the dogfighting simply because it reminds me a lot of... Um, old movies like it reminds me of movies from the 90s like i i'm sure that they still do those types of montages later and maybe it's just because it's tom cruise um but Mm -hmm. it just took me back to being like a kid watching it's like (laughs) it's kind of cheesy it's kind of you know whatever Mm -hmm. but i loved it because it just it was fun and it reminded me of when i was a kid and like watching movies and just enjoying like a sequence like that like it it doesn't Mm -hmm. I shouldn't say it doesn't add to the movie it does add to the movie because you you kind of get his feel but if you know I mean Tom Cruise is obviously always going to be the best thing in his movie so um Mm -hmm. like the most talented and the most skilled but I I love that scene just for it looks cool it's done really really well but it just kind of evoked that old school 90s film Mm. thing for me and I I I
1: absolutely yeah totally Joseph Kaczynski got that tone perfectly, yeah, didn't he? Absolutely. I watched the first five minutes on the plane back and it's just a I said this last podcast, it's a, an absolutely perfect love letter to Tony Scott In, in down to the, the color grading and the angles and and the whole movie the tone is so perfect so yeah, totally agree
0: Yep, yeah. <laughs> It's funny when I saw on your list that it was Top Gun dogfighting I wasn't sure whether it was going to be this one or the big dogfight at the end but again, there's oh. no no oh. bad choices, and I really love I love where this one sits in the plot as well, where there's these all, all the young hotshots and the old man just basically like knocks them yeah. down a peg so that they're ready to learn again. And it oh. it works so well.
1: And yeah. then you get to see
0: a bunch of hot people doing push ups, so it's not not a bad <laughs> thing. <laughs> yes.
3: Yeah. That's, That's
2: the real reason I chose this.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's a it's a it's not my favorite movie of the year but it is i think it's a basically a perfect movie which is saying something i think
2: that movie did it didn't make it didn't go into my top 10 i have to say but i i appreciate the movie for mm. what it was like what it meant to the year like i don't think you can mm-hmm. really talk about movies of 2022 without talking about top gun because um, mm-hmm. it was and he he bet quite a bit on like not releasing it during the pandemic on paramount mm-hmm. plus and all that yeah. you know, jazz that went on behind it, and yeah, I mean Tom Cruise. Who, who knew mm-hmm. he can uh, sell a movie?
0: I mean, yeah, with uh, between that and what's going to be my next choice um, is, I think one of the two. Regardless of of what you think the best movie of the year is, uh, Top Gun: Maverick is one of the two <laughs> sort of movies of the year because it was the one that came back into into cinemas uh, and then stayed there. People went to the movies to mm-hmm. see this movie. And I think that was a big story of 2022. And my next choice uh, is the movie that captured the 2022 zeitgeist in a way that South Asian movies haven't really in the past. Uh, and that is the the epic RRR. Uh, and the scene in question is the Natu Natu dance scene. Or if you've seen it on Netflix, the Nacho Nacho dance scene,
3: um,
0: which features... Perhaps the best character walk-up sequence in film history, followed by one of the most joyous dance sequences I think I've ever seen in film. Um, if you haven't seen this movie, first off, what are you doing? Uh, second off, <laughs> I, I love how it starts with Ram Charan, like with the, the smarmy English guy pushing over NTR Jr. and like being smarmy about dance, and then Ram Charan just like drumming on uh on a silver serving plate with the one black guy being like yeah you show him," yes. <laughs> uh, and then just like a slow walk up to the dance floor with this like incredible drumming happening in the background and then like do you know our local dance natu to, natu to? and then then just launching into a perfect joyous dance while the female lead of the movie like basically pushes all the bullies out of the... I love this movie. I love this scene so much. I may have watched this dance scene on YouTube roughly a bazillion times. Like, I don't even want to look <laughs> at my YouTube history to see how many times I've watched this scene. I do uh, note the number it... of
1: times we're talking about something randomly, and you're like, by the way, I'm watching the RRR dance scene again. I'm like, of course you are. <laughs>
0: like... <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's not, that's not fair. Sometimes, sometimes I'm watching the big end credit musical number, <laughs> not just this one. <laughs> uh but i mean this this was the year of rrr and this is the scene i think the other thing it does really really well is that unlike a lot of action movies uh especially western action movies because i think westerns and musicals interestingly have our action movies and musicals have a lot in common uh, at least when it comes to cinematography and one thing this movie does really really well is while NTR Jr. and Rumpshah are dancing, it just pulls the camera back and lets you watch them dance, and they dance amazingly. And mm-hmm. I really love that about this movie. So I don't know, you guys, you you must have seen our, our Simon. I know you have. Uh, we've talked about
3: mm-hmm.
1: it. Or um, where, where, where are you landing on this? Um, Me, I oh sorry, go ahead. Oh, I
2: was gonna, I was the thing I liked about that scene in particular that you picked out um, is bollywood movies i think for a long time always had the reputation of and and a very well-deserved reputation of number one being very long movies um and number two just randomly breaking out into dance and song like it just happens in every single movie pretty much like there's always dance and song and i think it became a bit of a thing that people were put off by for bollywood movies because they're like i don't want to just watch a bunch of people like just randomly start dancing and singing um and I think a lot of people just never gave it a shot. Like they never really gave Bollywood movies a shot because they thought that's what it is. It's this just kind of a bunch of cheesy campy hiding behind trees and poking their head out kind of thing, which to be fair, that does happen in the few Bollywood movies I've seen that that does happen. Um, but I like that this scene in particular, because one, they go really hard with the dance. Like it's really hard the way that they're dancing. It's it's like incredible. Um, but I love that it's so many people have had eyes on it now that they're watching it and they're like, oh this is like a Bollywood movie although to be, again to be fair most Bollywood movies are not like that they don't they do the the tree dancing thing and they just kind of poke their head out but I, I just like that it kind of turned people's perceptions a bit on what a Bollywood movie is and I think that sequence and that song that dance in particular um, really did that for a lot of people of realizing it's not just kind of mm. it is cheesy but like in a great way like it, it's cheesy camp fun
1: it's kind of recapturing that moment in early American films when um, a lot of films from like the 30s and 40s tapped theater actors. So at that point, all the actors could sing and dance and act, and that's why so many of them did all three then. And and western movies have kind of lost that idea of actors being able to do all three things because you get distinct. Screen acting versus stage acting Which of course never used to be a thing And uh, I kind of miss that Like it, it seems to be A big deal is made if an actor can sing And dance as well now mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it used to just be the, the norm And it feels like Bollywood and Tollywood and all, all that Kind of region still Want to include all of those Triple threat skills and all of their Delivery of a story And are not really concerned with dramatic reality, but it's, it's more like everything is even the most straightforward love story can break out into, well, it will definitely break out into a dance number to, so they can express themselves in a, in a sort of a folkloric fairy tale kind of way. And it's, it's just really colorful and nice. It's such a different experience watching something like that than mm-hmm. watching American movie. And honestly, I wish I saw plane recently with Troy Butler and I know you did too, Rachel. I, um, I don't think I was. That's that's a hard two-star movie. But um <laughs> I before I watched Plane, I watched that trailer for the Indian action movie that I sent you, Matt. Uh the, by the guy who directed War and um Oh
0: yeah, yeah.
3: I can
1: not I d I can't I don't know the name of the movie because they didn't there was no English provided on the title card, but the it was just the most even the trailer Maybe like yeah, just give me that action movie, and then I watch Playing with Drive Butler. I'm like, no, uh, no, it's, no, it's uh, there's a multitude of things that aren't working with this movie. This <laughs> that was not a good idea to watch that trailer first. So, um, one thing watching RRR has really made me is very impatient with Western movies that are slow or lack color, or uh, if they're if they're trying to be of this of a similar genre to to do it in a way that isn't as colourful. Like I miss colour. This is my big problem with Marvel at the moment, is I really miss like if I had my way we'd bring back oversaturated technicolor, like bright, bright pastel colours and everything. And I really miss colour from modern, especially like superhero movies. So um Yep, on okay. that note, on that note, sorry, I don't want to deviate, but I watched *Puss in Boots: The Last Wish* last night, and boy, That's if you so like color, good. if you like color, holy yeah. shit! Oh my god! <laughs> so what? What a movie! But anyway, um, yeah, ah, is it's a nice, warm little hug of a film, isn't it? It's wonderful. I yeah, completely it's, it's... agree about the
2: color thing. It's not even just Marvel; it's everybody. For some reason, mm. I don't know what happened, yeah, but everyone's fighting and in... like they're all going super just bland yeah. like yeah. gray yeah. yeah it's just, yeah, it's, just... I, I don't know what's going on with the lighting now and it's incredible but i will say plane is a perfectly serviceable b list movie for what it is i'm just going to put that out
1: there it's all fine. i'm saying is if you're going to make an odd couple buddy movie then maybe put <laughs> any kind of work into that relationship no, and you not you be like
2: it. you're you're a, you're, a cr-
1: it. you're, a, you're a criminal so i don't trust you and like but <laughs> yeah. i need you i'm going to take off your handcuffs Oh, oh yeah, I was in the Foreign Legion and now I'm going to save you. Okay, now we're best friends. Let's fly I'm this plane. Say, like... Already
2: from this, Simon, you've thought too much about it. This is not a movie that you're going to think about in the slightest. You're just going to I sit really... there and be
1: like, oh, there's
2: a plane. That's great. I'm just going to rock with it. That's it. That's
1: all uh, and the, the it. English guy, the impatient English guys are so like <laughs> Rrr level bad acting like really just so bad but gerard butler i thought he was wonderful in it that's the, yeah, that's the contrast hit all it's, his delivery know, was fantastic it's
0: interesting to me that that you're talking about playing because first off i had a thing come up and my screener expired so i couldn't watch it but i think there's actually <laughs> um there's actually a, an interesting parallel with gerard butler and Rrr because one of the things That I think you touched on this a little bit with um, our our feeling like very old school, very like original Hollywood. And part of the difference between Hollywood then and Hollywood today is that we used to have like legitimate like movie stars. Like you would go to see a movie because a certain person was in it. And that's just I mean, like Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise exist, but it's not in the same way where like you would just go. You'd be like, oh, I'm going to go see the new Cary Grant movie because like he was a movie star that still exists in in indian cinema like the big selling point the reason rr got made is that superstar director ss Rajamouli and Ram Charan and ntr had never worked together and they are basically themselves franchises like you go to the movies to see those people and all of them working together was like a big selling point and i think that honestly although he's not at the same level as uh like the brad pitts and tom cruises of the world i think gerard butler has established himself as like that but for b-movies like you don't go to see plane because of its plot you go to see gerard butler scottishly swaggering through that story you know you don't you don't see the olympus has or the has fallen series because of the you know the intense political discourse you go to see it to see gerard butler kill the shit out of a bunch of And I think that's an interesting parallel. I've, I've,
1: I have I've, have not experienced any movie in the Fallen universe yet. I look forward to um, oh, watching some of Simon, those. Simon, you're in a retreat. If you sure. thought that that Am prisoner
2: dynamic with Gerard was something, get ready.
0: <laughs> <laughs> get ready for the rest of it. You just wait until he stabs a, a vaguely Middle Eastern person in the hand and tells him to go back to <laughs> Fakistan. <fuck> <laughs> <laughs> It's it's so bad. Wow. It's wonderfully, they're, they're, wonderfully terrible.
2: Wow. So they're good in their own way. I I will I will stand by Gerard Butler being. He is a necessity in January filming because the schedule <laughs> right now is bleak and and we need people like him. So I will absolutely uh-huh. defend Gerard Butler. We went off topic
0: there. Yeah, we're 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 way off topic. Uh, I think we've <laughs> oh, no, done. This, I think we've done funny. two each now. So let's come well, back. I've only let's, done, okay.
2: one. Uh,
0: done One. I think you've
2: done two, haven't you? Top gun. I think I've only done Top Gun. Uh,
0: oh oh, yeah, then yeah, let's 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 write you. Let's Let's do your second one then. Let's come Um, to number
2: two. I'm trying to find a like a a nice connection. There is none. Um I'll go with (laughs) menu. (laughs) There's none. Um Oh no, actually I'll so we were talking about like singers and actors. Um so I'll go with the Elvis movie, um, Mm. which just you know, I watched it in December, so I watched it late. Um I don't like Baz Lerman, not a fan of him, but in that movie, I'm not a big, big fan of the movie either. However, the If I Can Dream bit, the sequence that where they, where they perform If I Can Dream, that mm-hmm. turned just my world upside down because I didn't realize Elvis had songs like that. And then it has sent me off on this incredible <laughs> rabbit chase that has... Consumed my life for the past month, and it's I bother yeah. Matthew about Elvis stuff all the time now. <laughs> yeah, what <Well>, you've just
1: <laughs> discovered Elvis, is that what's I happening? Literally I was just say... discovered <laughs> Elvis. I, I don't know if you knew
0: this, Simon, but but Rachel has discovered this hot new artist called Elvis Presley. Wow! And I don't uh, know yeah, we've been know we've been, about
2: we've, been him. Okay. we've been
0: texting each other like random Elvis like Elvis performance clips, literally like for like a month now, right? <laughs>
2: It's, it, it's, been, it's been a thing. So I just recorded a ContraZoom pod episode, and I talked about Elvis in that one, too. It's become a real thing with me, this Elvis thing. And That actually like, reminds really, me, do you
0: have a hot new Elvis fact for us that you promised me whenever you came on the show you'd have a hot Elvis fact?
2: Um, I just recently watched Wild in the Country, and that is, uh, it's not really fun, but that's the movie that everyone said, oh, we thought you were on a good trajectory to become like a dramatic actor this movie has said maybe not quite frankly (laughs) I thought he was fine in it I don't see what people are like we're talking about back in the 60s but um, yeah when I saw that if I can dream sequence like that I I do like the way that they um, shot it too actually like it was all like oh we're putting the Christmas stuff together and then they do the whole flip the camera over and then you got the big Elvis sign in the back and then Austin Butler in the white suit
1: Mm -hmm. but that
2: song is just incredible and I I genuinely (laughs) genuinely didn't know Elvis was like that I didn't know Elvis was like a talented singer I always just thought of him as just this really cartoony man like I I don't know I just never really gave Elvis Presley that much attention um and so the reason I picked it is more so not necessarily because in the moment I loved it it was just that was the moment for me that I went oh maybe, maybe this Elvis guy's got something and then I have proceeded to buy a bunch of dvds and get a bunch of music and i have a bunch of books and i'm currently reading the one about his, that his bodyguards released about him oh amazing that has, a, that has a lot of fun facts that aren't really fun they're just kind of sad but i also don't really like the book because that's a whole other thing but anyways mm-hmm. i went with elvis if i can dream because yeah it, it, it has changed my life in more ways than one wow
1: that's I, wicked i haven't got that far yet i'm only about half an hour in uh, I'm at the part of the movie that doesn't feel like it's making any sense whatsoever. It's just a jamboree of like images and scenes, and that's basically like the whole
2: and... first half of the movie. He's yeah,
1: the whole first yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, I'm finding it really tough to get through.
0: You have I'm, um, you have yeah. must have gotten to like the best line delivery in the entire movie, though, oh. which is when, <laughs> which is when, uh, Tom Hanks hears him on the radio, and someone he goes, and someone tells him that this that Elvis is white, and he goes. He's white. <laughs> <The> entire... <laughs> he's white
1: he's white yeah yeah he's white. So, so good just,
2: uh, it's a shame but like i i don't know i the movie's not great and i feel like maybe if they had focused in on maybe one aspect of his life versus his entire career it would have been mm-hmm. a bit yeah. better but i will say after diving into all the elvis stuff um I rewatched the movie and Austin Butler really is like he, he they put a lot of detail and he's, he's performance is actually quite, quite good considering that he doesn't look like Elvis in the slightest. Um, yeah. I yeah, think we, we spoke, really
0: we spoke before about how he doesn't look right, but he feels right.
2: Yeah. I think that, yeah.
3: has
1: got the vibe, you know, isn't he? He's yeah. got the he vibe. Does. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So for everyone out there, just in case people don't know, Elvis Presley, super talented. Pretty also, good. Just, just, he and and also incredibly good looking. Just in case people weren't aware of these things, <laughs> out there. That's true.
0: That's true. And and yeah. you, you know honestly, like I I did not really connect with that film either. But uh, uh, I will say that yeah, the '68 comeback special, which is what that song is from, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. still I think to this day one of the best recorded concert mm. performances yeah. of all time, mm. and that song in particular. Mm. Which I think, if I recall correctly didn't have to like necessarily fight to put it in there, but he was very much like, I'm going to sing my protest song now. Uh, Mm -hmm. Much to the chagrin of some of the other people involved. So basically uh, it
2: was, it was meant to be a Christmas special originally. It was like singer presents like Elvis Christmas special or something like that. And then um, because of everything that had happened in the States in 68, uh, they had written this song, and initially, I think Colonel Parker said no, and then they went around him and went to Elvis, and then Elvis said, yeah, we'll we'll do this one. So, yeah. they just put it in there. But, um, fun fact, here's a fun fact. It was not called the 68 Comeback Special when it first came out. It was just Elvis. That was all it was called. And then it's yep. been called the Comeback Special in retrospect. Yep. That's my It comeback. was like...
0: It was like on wasn't it like a night with Elvis or what something like that?
2: Yeah, something like that. Like uh, like because Singer the the um the sewing machine people they they sponsored it so it was like Singer dot 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 like one night with Elvis or something. But yeah 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 but now they call it the comeback special and he did not like that apparently he would he because he was like I never went anywhere so why are you guys calling it a comeback?
0: Yeah, it seems like you <laughs> might have had a moment like um like Nick Cage in Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent being not that I went anywhere,
2: not that I went anywhere. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna skip ahead to my third one, just because uh, my next moment is actually from the same movie, which again, I did not connect with on the whole. But for me, a scene a little bit later in the movie, which is when he's doing his first big Vegas show and on stage with his band, he spontaneously rearranges the song That's All Right, Mama is a phenomenal piece of filmmaking um just with him being like oh we're gonna do something different and then just like guiding all the musicians through their pieces and then eventually just transitioning slowly transitioning through editing into that live performance of that song uh was one of the most i mean musically i think one of the best moments of the year and then also just cinematically one of the one of the best put together sequences of the entire year as well and i think uh very much a standout in a in a a movie that is A restrained way to describe this movie would be maximalist, uh, but it is one of the most coherent pieces of the entire movie. Um,
1: I've watched that sequence. It's pretty exceptional. I think he's brilliant at syncing and linking music together. It kind of reminded me of how uh, Brett Morgan handled Moon Age Daydream. Like the the music bringing the images together, I thought it's fantastic. Except when he tries the same kind of technique with any kind of dramatic dialogue, in the, in what I've seen so far, it's it doesn't work at all. But the, the music stuff is I mean it's fantastic. He you know he knows how to keep the beat of music across edits mm-hmm. and visuals.
0: Yeah, unfortunately the movie doesn't gain a narrative until the back half.
1: But yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Should I keep going though? Is it worth yeah. is, is it worth pushing on? Austin
0: Austin Butler is going to win best actor, so yes. Fair enough. You heard it here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm going to do my third um, because we're, we're pushing another hour already. Now, my third is from a movie that a lot of people hate, um, probably with very good reason. I really enjoyed the movie. The movie's blonde, the uh, m- fictional biography of Marilyn Monroe. Uh, we don't need to go over the numerous problems with it. Um, for me, the performance by Anna Damas was the outstanding factor, the commitment to it, and one of my moments is actually something we talked about way back in the podcast when we covered Blonde, which is uh, where she puts on the mask, she puts on the Marilyn mask, where she's crying in front of the mirror. Uh, because I mean, the whole movie is just about trauma, <laughs> trauma, and she, it is one of many, many scenes where she is openly viscerally suffering from the trauma of her life and what she's put through and the camera pans slowly to the set of mirrors and as she comes out shot on our left she comes into shot on our right and you see her face just become marilyn like the trauma disappears melts and the mask gets put on and uh, i just think anadamas is phenomenal in this movie she's a, an amazing actor anyway but i think it's a great example as well. We've been doing this in theater for years. Like theater has been ignoring race and color for for years and years and years. It's pretty normal in theater, and so um, to see a, 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 a Latina take on one of the most famous white people in existence, and just like you're saying about Austin Butler, it's not about how you look. It's about the the the, the absolute heart and vibe of that character and it wasn't just the 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 fact that she could create marilyn is that she also could show us her interpretation of norma jean as well and how those things clashed and how she had to bring it out to perform as this character that everyone expected her to be um that was a real standout moment for me from a an actor's point of view as well
0: I mean it's the this it's is the what... best scene. It's the best scene in the mo- in a it's the best scene in an otherwise I would say a bad movie. I don't know. Rachel, did you did you you must have seen Blonde, yes?
2: Yeah, I don't even want to talk about it to be honest. I that that movie <laughs> pisses That's me bad. off to no extent. And I I yeah, I don't want to get into it, but I agree with you that Simon Anadarmus is very, very good in it though. Um as much as I, I genuinely hate that movie. Like I I have an active hatred towards it and now towards andrew dominic because of it Um, yeah i'm I'm
0: pretty much where you are on this one
2: like she's great and it's interesting though there is one i can't remember which scene it is now but i remember there was one they were recreating yeah
1: some like like, it hot
2: was it some like it hot like they were recreating one scene and she's behind the mic and she's like supposed to be performing i genuinely thought at that point that they pulled archive Mm. footage like i didn't think it was still mm-hmm. her. I thought that they just used Marilyn. And then I looked I'm like, oh no, that was Anna. Like they did a great job with making mm-hmm. her actually resemble uh, Marilyn Monroe pretty well, I think. Um mm-hmm. but yeah I Oh when she's
1: that. singing that was gentlemen for Blondes. Yeah I know the scene you mean yeah all of the recreations were amazing. It's, an, it's
2: yeah, yeah that was pretty phenomenal. But otherwise that movie can go to hell as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah. I I agree with Rachel. I, <laughs> I, 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 I I don't want to get into it either, but like I will say that anada Armas is amazing, and I think the scene in uh, particular, chosen, is a really stellar piece of acting. And if she ends yeah. up winning awards for it, I will not uh-huh. feel bad about that. I just wish that the mask she was putting on was actually Marilyn and not some ridiculous fantasy traumatic traumatized version of Marilyn. Uh-huh.
1: You know what I mean. <laughs> Not yeah really, i not. do like so the, when we recorded the podcast i was i we won't get into it but i i liked the movie until i read a lot of the quotes from the director in the weeks after when people were discussing this and lots of women were talking about this movie in a way that i obviously could not even comp- comprehend myself and and then seeing the quotes come from the director it 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 reframed my position on the movie quite a lot, but f- from an actress' point of view, I think she's phenomenal in this.
0: Yeah, and that's that's fair. And I think we should move on because I don't want to talk about mm-hmm. blonde anymore. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think. Let Rachel, me talk about number four. Oh, okay. No, I think we're behind. We're behind on Rachel now. So let's oh, go we? to okay. uh, let's go to Rachel for uh, at least one, but probably two of your favorite.
1: Moments. Yeah
2: sure i'll go with um fresh the movie fresh um, love this, this is another one. another sundance movie it's sebastian stan daisy edgar jones um i am going to spoiler alert or spoil rather this one um but basically the first like 30 minutes of the movie i went into this movie not knowing anything about it other than it was a sebastian stan movie and i'll be honest that's the only reason that i wanted to watch it was because we were talking about oh no we weren't recording but we were talking about like things that get you engagement. Um Sebastian Stan is very very well in that sense. So anything that he comes up I'm like okay we should probably review that because it's Sebastian Stan. Oh not so like I'm your
1: personal movie. engagement. No. <laughs> no <laughs> like It's like he gets your engagement real good. Is that <laughs> No. No I, I like him.
2: I I do like Sebastian Stan but like for when I was choosing what movies to do for Exclaim I was like oh we should probably do this one cuz um people Uh really like sebastian's band like it's shocking oh really huh yeah weird isn't it it's it's like yeah elvis is good um i'll stop talking about all this (laughs) no i wasn't being sarcastic
1: i wasn't being sarcastic at all because i sorry to interrupt you but when i watch fresh the nicest surprise for me is that my only experience of sebastian stan was from um the mcu and i find him the most boring like bucky (laughs) is the most boring part of any movie he's ever in and winter soldier like i don't care like there's nothing about him or that character that is interesting to me at all so when i watch fresh following yeah right i had no idea he was actually really really good he was amazing in that film anyway so i was being completely (laughs) genuine but please carry on
2: no so he he's got uh, just a huge following behind him um He's great in, like, I, Tanya, and there's another movie he did with Nicole Kidman where he's very, very good in that, but I can't remember the name of that one now. Um, but anyways, so I went – I just watched it without knowing what it was, and it, the first 30, 45 minutes, it starts off as, like, a rom-com, like, a very, very cute little rom-com. Daisy Edgar-Jones mm. is trying to find, you know, dating, and she's going on bad dates and this and that, and then she meets Sebastian Stan's character, and he's so charming and so handsome and so lovely, mm. and it, and they're clicking, and it's all amazing. And then he invites her out to to go up to um, his place for the weekend. And it's like going to be all very romantic and all that kind of stuff. And then the movie just does a complete bait and switch on you. Like if you don't know what this movie is, you could possibly become upset that it is not a rom-com because it turns into a <laughs> cannibal, like murder. Like it just turns into a horror movie basically. <laughs> and the thing I loved about that movie, my like the moment I'm choosing is literally in that, in minute 30 say when the um, title card comes up and you realize she just got drugged he's about to kidnap her and hold her hostage and so on and so forth that to Mm. me was the like the moment for for that film that i was just completely blown away by it and i i Mm. haven't i haven't really i don't know if there was another movie last year that had that same kind of switch on it but it to me it was just phenomenal like the way that they the way that they um the the way that they composed it, and then the way that they decided we're going to hold off on the title card for a really long time, I thought it was perfect.
1: Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite genres has always been woman in trouble gets out of <laughs> trouble by being clever, <laughs> like w- women, imprisoned woman thinks her way out of a situation, and then maybe kicks some ass on the way out. And the the uh, the moment in that movie where she decides to kind of pretend she's into it too and has the meal with him. Oh is yeah. So great and he is so great in this because you can never quite tell if he believes her or not mm-hmm. and she and you know how hard she's holding on to the character she's created and then goes through the like the reaction to the food she's given. So I loved love that. It's really that great.
2: It's a great movie. Great movie, and I'm surprised actually. It didn't do. I don't think it was as big as I thought it was going to be. I thought it would be a lot bigger, mm. but I also think that they didn't. I think it just went straight to Hulu. Like I don't even. Yeah, think they did it that's right. why, it's why. Straight it's
1: to right. Disney Plus here. Like it's not. No one's going to watch that Shame. on Disney Plus unless they're actively looking for it. But I watched that straight after. Um, what was that Pamela Anderson movie where he plays? Um, oh, Tommy oh, the Lee. Tommy Lee. Yeah, so I watched. I watched those pretty close together and that those two uh, um, things completely changed my opinion of Sebastian Stan as an actor, because he's great. He's really good. He's really great. He's actually really good. You should,
0: um, the Nicole Kidman movie that Rachel was talking about is called destroyer. And it is, hmm. I, Thank you. I I missed, I've seen it on T I, but I watched it on TV. I missed like the first 20 minutes or something. So I'd never logged it, but like, it's great. And he's great in it.
1: Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm.
0: and fresh is was such a nice was such an, interestingly weirdly kind of a nice way to start the year with such an interesting mm. yeah uh great movie and i feel like last mm. year was really poised to be the year of daisy edgar jones and then it just never oh, happened yeah. i think <laughs> partly because this one went straight to hulu um and then she's legitimately great and under the banner of heaven but then her like big hollywood moment movie kind of sucked uh, so
1: (laughs) and uh, nobody nobody seems to be watching war of the worlds either the european remake of war of the worlds which she's phenomenal in that is an amazing series bleak as hell but amazing and no one's talking about that either
0: nope but yeah fresh is a a great movie and i I do love that bait and switch as well i think it's a pretty the first scene back when she wakes up having been drugged and he's like i'm i'm gonna sell your meat is such a wonderfully performed sequence uh and her whole (coughs) reaction to like wait what (laughs) what is happening right now is um yeah the whole movie is great and uh i'm Mm -hmm. glad you chose it yeah and then so to catch up i think you're still one behind so rachel why don't we do one more of yours and then i think we will all have two left Mm
1: -hmm.
2: um oh no that's that's, a, that's, that's your third. third, right? That's my third, yeah.
1: So your we're third? all on yeah. three now. yeah.
0: Okay, so let's move this to... Let's go to Simon then. Um, let's okay. go to your number three.
1: My movie of the year was Prey. I'm a complete genre sci-fi person. Uh, I always have loved good sci-fi. And when when you take something established, and to be fair, the Predator, Predator franchise had been run completely into the ground, and it was unlikely anyone was ever going to do anything great with it again. And Prey just blew me away. I love Dan Trachtenberg as a director anyway, but reframing it as this native women's fight against uh, the uh, incoming colonialism and the proving herself as a hunter, like all of my personal genre things that I love were in this movie. And then uh, I'm a huge fan when I was growing up, uh, Predator and Alien were the two franchises that really introduced me to sci-fi, to sci-fi horror crossover. And To see a movie that builds on that, but is its own movie as well and doesn't fall into the trap of being too reverential or uh, all the other sequels that we've had of Predator. Um, I just love this movie from front to back. uh, I've watched it a number of times. and I just really hope we get a physical release for it. But my moment uh, that really underlined, okay, this guy gets exactly what this movie should be. Which is um, when the predator is fighting some French trappers, and they flee into a forest, and uh, Amber Midthunder and her brother are tied up against a tree, so they can't do anything, and they just watch the predator take apart these French trappers. And there's one point where he flings like this it's like this silver wire, and it goes around someone's head, but it also, goes around a tree and the camera cuts from the other side of the tree and the tree falls off and the the guy's head falls off first and then the tree gets cut in half and it reveals the predator's face to camera and i swear to god the predator goes huh like it's just (laughs) one moment it's like i just chopped through a tree that's pretty cool (laughs) and it's just such it's one of those brilliant Directed moments where you just know the director gets it, like he absolutely gets it, and um, it was the one of the highlight moments of my favorite movie of the year. What a phenomenal film for me!
0: Yeah, I mean that was in my it. <laughs> it was in my top top eleven of the year as well, and for good reason. It's a great, uh, great movie. Uh, I hope that Amber Mid Thunder becomes a huge star, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, that that moment in particular is pretty great. Uh, I love everything. I love how, in in addition to being set, you know, uh, in the Old West, I love how the Predator himself, his tools seem a little more primitive compared to the stuff we've seen before as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But still, like, completely badass and dangerous. I don't know. Rachel, did you, you you've seen, you, you must have watched Prey, right?
2: I haven't watched Prey
0: yet.
1: What? Okay. Um Rachel, it's been lovely having you today. Um we're gonna we're gonna be ending the podcast there. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Patreon. I don't know where you can find Rachel. Um
2: <laughs> I, I I you know it's one of those that when it came out, it kind of like I think like everybody, I think everyone was like, Really? We we got another Predator movie. Like it and the fact that it was just going straight to Disney Plus as well, which was mm-hmm. it was just kind of like, oh, so clearly they don't believe in it either. And then it blows up to be this massive massive thing and then i was like i should really watch this because um evidently it's quite good and everyone keeps talking about it. and then when i when you said it was your number one film simon i was like oh, i should probably watch it before i come back on and talk to you guys <laughs> and then it never happened but i will watch it because um, it, it sounds amazing and i and i like this you know i, I love when um young actresses are coming up and doing mm. their thing so uh, yes I, it is on the to watch list I will get to it um, after I watch some more Elvis movies then I will do pray <laughs> it will, it will it's a
1: great match it's a great match with Polaris and it's two of my favorite films of the year about a young native woman fighting back against the colonial metaphor using uh, screams and claws and <laughs> whatever else they can do so yeah, yeah highly recommend it
2: only heard great things about it so I, I definitely need to watch it before I do anything else, and I I will get to it, I promise.
0: Yeah, it is a, it's a great, it's great. I think I think if it were me, I still would have chosen the scene that the uh, what is shot to be single cut, uh, single take, but is obviously of a couple of cuts in it. But there's a great scene mm-hmm. where she attacks the French trappers, oh, so where Evermeet Thunder does, and it's it's so well put together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but cool. let's move on. I'm gonna go to. Um, I'm going to go to a movie that lots of people love and I think is pretty good, uh, but has, I think, the best, maybe the best car chase of the year, and that is The Batman. And I think that the Batmobile chase scene (laughs) in this movie is legitimately great. Uh, I I think it is probably the best car chase scene of the year, maybe of the last several years. I don't know. Correct me if you think I'm wrong there. But... Uh, the decision to make the Batmobile basically a souped-up sports car and to make it sound super angry, oh uh, and God. then just, and like, and I love how it's it's gonna sound weird to say, but I love how destructive the chase scene is. Not because it's destructive, but because it's, at the end of the scene, revealed that it's for no reason at all. <laughs> um, it's because the two, two main detective characters in this movie are basically idiots. Um, but it's such a well-executed chase scene. Uh, I think it's really, really smart to frame it mostly from the penguin's point of view, in my memory anyway. Um, and then just the just the way it's shot. Like when there's a, you know there's one shot in particular that was in all the trailers of the Batmobile. Like, I mean, I'm going to use the wrong word—a word that's not really applicable—but leaping through a ball of fire. <laughs> um and landing and then batman like at the end batman walking up in that upside down shot towards the penguins crashed car like the whole sequence is wonderfully choreographed and wonderfully shot and uh it's it's honestly i thought the batman was pretty good i know lots of people love it but i have gone back and like watched that scene that sequence a couple of times because it is so it is so well done
2: I'm one who loves the Batman. I think the Batman is great. I think it's such a great addition to, like, the Batman. What are are we calling it? Cinematic Universe? (laughs) Just like the Batman, (laughs) whatever. Like, I I think it's a perfect addition because you get to a point where you go, like, how much, what else can you really do with Batman? Because it's been done so many times. And Chris Nolan did such a good job with his Batman, Batman movies, um, (laughs) that I kind of was like, well, wait. but I like Matt Reeves because I really like the Apes trilogy. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And I think what they did with it was kind of obvious almost, like to go back to when he's younger. Because we don't really have a young Batman out yet. Like before he becomes the Batman we know, the Bruce Wayne that we know. And so I, I adore that movie. And I think that that scene that you're talking about, Matthew, is incredible. Because that is the most action-y movie. That is the most superhero y kind of movie like um sequence. It's it's mm. phenomenal and it's like very fitting in with the type of Batman I think Reeds and Pattinson are trying to build up. So I mm-hmm. yeah, I mm-hmm. love I love that movie. Um wholeheartedly. I think it's I think it's such a great just a really, really good Batman addition
1: to the Batman world.
0: Yeah. I love I it just, highlights... I just... sorry, go ahead Simon. Go ahead.
1: I just wish... so. I'm going to echo something you said when we talked about it when it came out. I wish everyone was making the same movie that Colin Farrell was making. <laughs> like, uh, because like, he was clearly having a different experience on that film. He was having... I don't know. My favourite Batman is either Lego Batman or '66 Adam West. Like I like my Batman a little campy. <laughs> I, my kid's favourite Batman is whichever George Clooney one there is with um, Uma Thurman and uh, mm-hmm. Schwarzenegger. Like, just it's not a good movie, but it's so enjoyable. It's so campy and bright, and again colourful. And um, so the movie didn't work for me in the same way. But I, what I did do as soon as I finished watching that movie, I rewound it to the car chase sequence and I turned my surround sound up, as far as I could probably push it uh, because the audio design in that, uh, the reveal and the chase is unbelievable. But I, I did not, I did not feel what they did with the Riddler at all, but this is a different discussion.
0: Yeah, Hmm. I do. I love something you touched on about this being a movie, but uh, a young Batman and, um it's a more eloquent way of me calling them idiots but the whole sequence really does highlight (laughs) that like this is batman before he really knows how to be Mm -hmm. batman in a way that we i I we've definitely had young batman stuff before i mean but i feel like this one maybe gets it in a way that batman begins didn't Mm -hmm. like because he kind of goes from being rich billionaire idiot to hyper-competent ninja in that movie Uh, whereas in this Mm -hmm. one he does need to put in he's clearly putting in the time he's still putting in the time to like Mm -hmm. to find the balance of batman and to to be good at being batman Mm
1: -hmm. and i
0: think that the chase sequence actually really well highlights that
1: Mm -hmm. so um
0: simon let's come around to my last one your last one my final
1: yeah My last one is from one of my favorite movies of the year, The Menu, which I watched really, I think it was one of the last movies I watched before I put together my list and it went straight into the, pretty high on my list actually. And uh, my, again, this is spoiling the shit out of this movie. When you've got this kind of concept movie, I think the end, how they bring it together is the most important part of like how they put that nail in the concept. Like how are they going to end this movie where they've already told us everyone's going to die We already know how the, how it's going to end in their head But we know something's going to happen To end it in a way that is not expected And I just love the ending of this movie And I love the moment where Anya Taylor-Joy Works out what she needs to do She puts together her collected uh, observations From all the things she's seen And all the things she knows about this character Ralph finds. Um, uh, chef and she then echoes his clap and all the way through the movie again it's a great callback to how the clap is the moment where everyone pays the chef attention and she is claiming that power again it's a woman thinking a way out of danger It's, it's my favorite genre she's claiming that power and that moment where she claps and everyone stops and looks at her is just it's a, a brilliant punctuation for the, the crescendo of the end of that movie and how she very, very delicately orders that burger and he makes for her and she uses the lines like, can I take it to go? Like, it's so brilliantly delivered. She's a great actor anyway, but everything is so brilliantly delivered. And Ralph Fiennes, who is just, I mean, it's just phenomenal, to watching his face go back to when he was like a boy making burgers and he's, it was kind of like, the end of up right where he's he's transported back to these food memories of when he's a kid making a burger just making a simple burger before his whole life became judgment and his whole life became like the critique of art and how he can't escape that and just for her to think her way out of the situation and then that final shot where she just eats the eats the burger with everything burning down perfect like such a perfect Mm -hmm. ending
2: and then wipes her mouth with the menu, like yes, into the menu yes, as an yes. option, right? And like, um, you're Brilliant. saying it up, but I like Ratatouille. He has a Ratatouille moment where it's. Oh, you know, did I say up? Sorry, I got the wrong yeah, pizza. Yeah, they just do that cool thing. It's amazing. Um, I'm I'll yeah. tack on to yours because my one of my moments is the the menu as well, and it's the. Uh-huh. Single line delivery from uh, Hong Chau, who I think is just great in it, um, and it's the it's the one that's getting the most play online. But I love it. It's the tortilla moment when she's like, "These are tortillas," and like the way she says it is <laughs> so yeah. funny. And they're like, "No, but like, really, what the fuck is this?" And she's like tortilla delios, it's so funny (laughs) and like she's so good in it and i love the movie too simon like i think the menu is such a brilliant brilliant movie you guys were talking about it um on your top um because it's on your list Mm -hmm. and matthew you said you saw it with like three people simon i I assume you watched it as a home. I watched that myself. So I actually got to watch it like at TIFF with a massive crowd. Like it was, oh. I had to sit in I think the front couple rows because it, I just got there too late and it was just packed. And it, it it is a movie that really does play very very well with an audience. Like mm-hmm. all the little, um, you know when they put the text up with the different you know menus, yeah. And, like that, and there's so many little funny bits in there. It mm-hmm. just like it does so well with an audience. Um, and the tortilla thing did really well, I think the scene you're talking about with anya taylor joy it just wraps everything up perfectly mm-hmm. like it just like a tortilla <laughs> <laughs> but like like you said it's a tough it's a tough movie to finish i think that's a tough mm-hmm. movie to land because so much yeah, happens, and then you just kind of think how are you going to land this movie um in a way that doesn't I guess doesn't betray all the work that you've put in in the end and you don't want it to be too obvious, but it should still be a little bit camp because that's what the movie has been like. So when they put all the like the marshmallows and mm. the, you know, all that stuff, it's so silly and so stupid. Um, kind of back to that glass onion thing. Like it's so br- it's so dumb. It's cl- it's it works like it's clever. Yeah. Like <laughs> But, but this actually a, is like it is, yeah. and it works, and I I love it. Like I, my favorite thing is so on the nose. But when she really does take the menu and wipes her mouth with it, and then <laughs> yeah, it, that's me. I was just like, it's the right. most obvious thing you can do in that moment. But I love that they did that because I think it's just yeah, yeah. phenomenal. I
0: I don't have anything really meaningful to add to either of your choices here because you've already said it all. <laughs> the uh, the final clap, the the way she's put together um especially the the noticing of the only photo in his office in which he's smiling mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and putting together everything he said throughout the night and then like weaponizing that to to get out of the situation is phenomenal so basically the i can't think of another way to end that story um uh, or or any better way to end it and then yeah hong Chao, who i think has been very underrated and i hope she, her star continues to rise but her yeah the first time she says tortillas and then the second time they're like no like what is this and she's like these are tortillas It's so wonderful like the way she's just like you can tell she's like you are a moron is <laughs> so so wonderful and like we've all known someone like that and she's so like, she delivers it so perfectly. And there's there's no bad moments in this movie, but those are definitely two highlights, I think.
1: Can I, can I mention my other favorite moment, which is when they have to tell Nicholas Holt to run because he's so oblivious to everything. He's so into everything's just pantomime for him. They're like, no, you have to run too. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's got
0: spe- a lot of, especially yeah, after a lot of the- great moments. Especially after, like, this like we're going to give you all a forty-five second. Okay, because the one guy just like <laughs> takes off immediately. <laughs> and then I love how the uh, the, um, the last character, the last one to get caught, gets a special bite. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that movie exists okay. in the intersection of like class warfare and food TV. That was, I think, made specifically for me. Uh, yes. But, yeah. uh, so where are we have, we each have. One left. So,
1: no, that was my uh, fifth one. Oh, I've I'm got done. One
0: left. Okay, so let's go. I'll go to mine and then we'll go to yours, Rachel. So mine is sure. from my last one is from the incredibly acted um, Banshees of Innishirin. And this is a movie that is full of great moments and great lines. And everyone's talking about Colin Farrell and deservedly so. Uh, he is wonderful in the movie. But my favorite performance in the movie is actually Carrie Conda. And she has what I think is the best line and the best scene and the whole premise of the movie, which if you haven't seen it again, what are you doing? Um, but Brandon Gleason has basically like broken up with Colin Farrell and Carrie Condon plays Colin Farrell's sister. And she goes to him at one point and she's like, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? And Gleason basically goes, "Is like, I just don't have time for him because he's boring. He's boring. And she just goes, you're all boring. Like, every man on this island is boring. Like, all of you are, like, what do you, like, there's no point to this. Like, you're all boring. And it just encapsulates the whole movie so perfectly. Uh, But also, she delivers, I can't even ape it a little bit, because she delivers the line so perfectly. uh, With this beautiful combination of, like, anger and resentment and that tone of you're an idiot um, that I think lands just perfectly. I think it's, I think it's the best scene in the whole movie in a scene full of amazing a movie, full of amazing
2: scenes. I agree that that was, it was on my list, like my fuller list. And then um, I, I dropped that one for other yeah. ones, but I Me love too. it. I, I think that it's like, you know, she has, like, a lot of anger, a lot of, you know, but it's also just a lot of incredulity, just a lot of, like, stop it. You guys are just being such idiots. Like, you know, you're being, like, just, like, this is such an unnecessary thing that you're doing right now, and it's hurtful, yeah. and, like, it, there's just no point to it. And I, yeah. I think she's, you know, she's been working in, in Ireland for quite a while, and um, she was in Better Call Saul. That's how I knew who she was, was in Better Call Saul. And then... um. But her, her in this, was she. she's so good. Her and Barry Keegan, to me, are the two... I mean, they're all good, though. It's probably one of the best acted movies um, that came out last year was 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 Banshees, because they're all phenomenal. But I agree. I, I love that scene. I think that's probably my favourite moment from the... Well, after Jenny dies, but that's like a sadder moment.
1: <gasps> we don't talk about Jenny. I love donkeys. Please, please, we can't <laughs> do <yeah>. that. That <laughs> movie <laughs> broke my heart. Like, that is a heartbreaking... Just the, Colin Farrell's like a child anyway, like mentally. He's yeah. a bit dull. But to see it, it's like a child being told that no one likes them for a whole movie. I loved that film. But the the, the scene that really, really got me was when uh, Siobhan is saying goodbye to him. And yes. Th- yeah. it, and mm-hmm. he just said, Siobhan, she's like, don't, don't, just don't say my name. Just don't say yeah. it. And I was like, oh, my God. It was so real and so touching and they're both so great that was a really moving moment
2: i'll say i yeah. saw someone on twitter say like um after it won the golden globe for best musical or comedy someone was like oh because it won best musical or comedy uh, my husband and i thought it would be a good thing to watch on like a wednesday night they thought it would just be like a night's lightheart and they're like what the <laughs> fuck like <laughs> yes, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> just like what kind of movie is this and yeah i mean yeah, it is yeah. funny but it's not funny at the same time no, it's an incredible yeah. heartbreaking movie
0: yeah, mm-hmm. and like I say, I think you're right. Carrie Condon has been working for a very long time. My first memory of her is actually in the HBO series uh, Rome, which was mm, like right. early early zeros. Um, and I, 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 I'm the one guy who hasn't still hasn't watched a Better Call Saul, so I haven't seen her in that. <laughs> but she's she's never been. She's, it's bad.
2: a very nothing role in Saul. I will say, like her role is yeah. quite. It's yeah, it yeah. does not have to be her. It could be anybody.
0: Yeah, I think I think what you were talking about in response to that scene like her being like what are you doing? Like this is just mean. Like she's very much the like mom character in the movie. Yeah. And I think you know that's the, her one her one moment to be like can we can I help salvage this and her and her moment of realization that like no, this is I got to leave. Like <laughs> this is like they're never going to stop. Mm-hmm. So I I need, mm-hmm. I need to stop. I think it's a wonderful it's a wonderful moment. Again, in a film full of wonderful moments.
3: So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, So um, moving on, we're gonna go to Rachel's fifth and final last uh one. last one. Um running a little bit long, but it was a great year for film. So let's just let's let's do this.
2: So so movie it's Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. I watched it actually for we we did the podcast on that, you and I, Matthew, for this one. Yeah. And the movie kind of i'd say it passed everybody by i don't think it made any really serious waves or anything like that um i love regina hall i have an incredible love for her wholeheartedly love for her and i've always thought she was just a really underrated actress for whatever reason people just don't kind of throw her name up with a lot of the great great actresses that are working today she's got a monologue in this movie at the very end Um, where she basically you know tells curtis like she's just done with his shit like he's she's so done with all the nonsense that he's been doing and putting up with and um and she's doing it all with like mime makeup on and she Mm -hmm. looks ridiculous like she looks so ridiculous but it was just one of those monologues one of those moments in film that i was just like holy shit she's so good like regina hall is so 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 good in this and she breaks your heart but at the same time it makes you laugh because she's in mime you know a mime outfit basically um so i just love that scene and even though that movie is not perfect it's not that great but um i just love her a lot in it and that specific scene in particular i think she's phenomenal i think i've said phenomenal Uh, like 20 times in this.
0: (laughs) yeah i mean you're, you're not wrong though uh, it is it is a wonderful scene. It also it's also a great entry in the 2022 subgenre of woman delivers multi-minute uh monologue directly to camera mm-hmm. explaining her past drama and its experience, and its impact on her current circumstances, into which both Resurrection and Pearl also fit. <laughs> um <Yeah. laughs> uh but yeah, she's so wonderful. She's actually nominated for an independent spirit award uh, for this movie and I would be willing to bet that a large part of that, I mean, she's great throughout the movie, but the monologue in particular is, is legitimately great. And I think you're right. I think we, uh, we often, I don't know if we overlook her, but she's definitely not talked about in the same circles as some of the people that maybe we should, she should, she should be in more of these conversations. Like I think, you know, Kate Blanchett and Michelle Yeoh are, are, battling it out for best actress this year but i think that she should maybe be more of a third option than we're giving her credit for because she is legitimately great in this movie
2: and she was also very funny at the golden globes when she accepted kevin costner's award for him (laughs) did you guys see that That was very very funny (laughs) yeah i mean that's the thing
0: too right i think i think maybe part of the reason we don't take her as seriously as maybe we should is that she spent a lot she spent a bunch of time doing things like scary movie and,
2: yeah, but she's so um, good in it. She was so, she's such a great comedic actress, too.
0: yeah, she's really great comedic timing. Yeah. um And honestly, you know, comedy's easy drama is hard, like but timing is what makes them both work. And she um she really nails she again, she nails the whole role. I think actually the scene one or two before that when she's asked to put on the mime, mm-hmm. make the yeah. the what do they call it praise mime. it's so ridiculous (laughs) um where just like the the change in the look in her face when she's asked to do that is like a wonderful moment of acting
2: yeah Um, she's great
0: yeah and uh yeah i i just it's amazing to me that this movie kind of passed people by uh maybe it's the subject matter maybe just like the budget level but it's a kind of amazing i saw
2: a lot of people um especially like americans down south were not happy with it um people were very upset because they thought they were making fun of the church which they are like they are pointing at the church and and all this stuff but um there were a lot of people who just weren't happy like the the, like kind of bible belt down down south um they all just were like they're just making fun of us they're just doing this and doing that and they just weren't having any of it so it ended up actually being a bit of a movie where people yeah they just it kind of had a bit of a backlash to it I suppose. It's and then not in that. sort of makes of,
0: Like it. that sort of makes sense. Cause like it, it probably hits pretty close to home for a lot of people.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, mm-hmm. But it, it does also feel like the kind of movie that like it's hitting close to home in the, in the Bible belt. But like you'd think that like more people in like New York and LA would maybe be talking about it. Cause that's the yeah.
1: kind
2: of thing. they Yeah. It's like. true.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Uh,
1: I haven't seen her in anything ever i <laughs> am uh, trying to find i was trying to find something that i'd seen her in i haven't seen anything she's done including well, so, any of the scary movies
0: so you said you haven't seen kiki palmer in anything and you haven't seen <laughs> regina hall in anything so this is my uh my assignment for you simon is to yes. go and seek out um girls trip which is hilarious mm. and... are they both in that then? No, uh, Girls Trip is Regina Hall is the lead, uh, but it does also feature Queen Latifah, um, and it was probably mm-hmm. it was like the um, uh, the big breakout for Tiffany Haddish.
1: Yeah. Uh, and okay. then
0: go back and watch Hustlers, which is a J.Lo movie that Key Palmer is. About. Oh, I've seen Hustlers.
1: Yeah. King oh, Kiki Palmer's, Palmer's in Hustlers. Oh, yeah. okay. I have seen Kiki Palmer in something. Hustlers is great. I love that yeah. film. Uh,
0: so yeah, just go watch those movies again. You'll have a good time
1: oh okay deal
0: good so i think that's it we've all done five right uh that's that's 15 great moments in film from 2022 uh and it was tough
1: it was really tough to narrow it down what a year yeah
0: yeah i think 2022 is going to go down as one of the great years in cinema to be totally honest i think it's probably in in the years since i started keeping track it's definitely the one where i had the highest hit rate for high reviews um and I think next week we're going to get back to business as usual with two new films. Yep. Uh, so that's it for our 2022 retrospective. But in the meantime, Rachel, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, both of us this time. And yeah. uh, where can people find you?
2: Uh, you can find me at rachelkh.com is where I have all of my stuff. And then my, what is that called? Twitter is yeah. <laughs> underscore Rachelkh. <laughs> I believe it's as, called Twitter. As is uh, uh same thing from Instagram
0: nice good and uh you know we could you find us on the socials we are at, at awesome friday ca on twitter and instagram i am at Matthew AF on twitter and instagram and simon is temporary pen on twitter when he decides to actually look at twitter which is fairly
1: regularly it's, I would it's, say. it's the yeah yeah yes yeah. a a stream <laughs> a, low, yeah. a low stream
0: so those are 15 of our favorite moments of 2022. If, you have, uh, if you're if you listening and you have something you'd like to add, or if you agree, or if you disagree, feel free to get in touch with us any of those ways. There's also a contact form on Awesome Friday CA, and you can email us comments at awesomefriday.ca uh in the meantime we want to thank you so much for listening um we appreciate each and every one of you and if you would like to support us uh one thing you could do would be to smash that like button give us five star reviews smash subscribe. it subscribe subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and maybe another platform as well um all of those things help immeasurably and if you would like to support more directly we do have a patreon which will be in the show notes uh, we record this here on the unceded lands of the Musqueam, Tsleil Waututh, and Squamish nations in Vancouver. And Rachel, you are on the.
2: I got it. I pulled it up. I did it. <laughs> I'm ready for you. I got it. Um, I'm recording on the jurisdiction of the Williams Treaties and on the traditional territory of the Mississaugas of the Scugog Island First Nations, the Anishinaabe, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples
0: awesome uh and that is it for our show so again one more time thank you so much for listening and joining us on this awesome Friday
1: thanks bye